0: Welcome to Reinvent Healthcare, a podcast for health and wellness practitioners passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease-focused system. Your host, Dr. Rita Marie Calzo, is devoted to helping you get results with complex health challenges like autoimmune, hormonal imbalances, and chronic health challenges caused by nutritional and lifestyle-induced imbalances. Here's your host, Dr. Rita Marie. Welcome back to Reinvent Healthcare, the podcast for health and wellness practitioners who are passionate about making a difference. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about a little discussed interaction between thyroid and another super important hormone, and that's insulin. This is not looked at very often in functional medicine circles, but it's definitely not looked at in conventional medicine circles. So it's super important. And if you have someone who has been on thyroid medication or is suffering from thyroid symptoms and told everything's fine or is suffering from thyroid symptoms and you're the first person they talk to, you've got to take in mind this hormone interaction between thyroid and insulin. So according to an article published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism, as well as many 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 other studies thyroid function tests are linked to variables in insulin resistance and also endothelial function the function of the lining of the blood vessels it's possible that underlying factors that lead to increased serum tsh insulin resistance and dyslipidemia are all within the current normal like people are within the current normal TSH. Yet there's dysfunction. They're having symptoms. They don't know why. Their doctor says, hey, everything's fine. Your TSH is within normal. We'll go back and revisit that in a little bit. And it's really important to be looking at this. This particular study was the first one that actually looked at glucose tolerance, insulin sensitivity, and the endothelial function in relationship with thyroid in a relatively large population. All the subjects in the study had really normal, quote unquote normal, free T4 and TSH concentrations, yet they had symptoms of thyroid dysfunction. And this, adds to a lot of the controversy over do we treat people who are subclinical hypothyroid, people who are within the normal range but are seriously showing symptoms. And personally, from a functional perspective, I don't think we should call people who have symptoms of thyroid dysfunction subclinical hypothyroidism. I think subclinical is when there's maybe some alterations in their blood findings, but they still don't have symptoms. These people are clearly clinically hypothyroid. They have the symptoms. They have the dry skin and the dry hair and hair falling out. They have low body temperature. They have increased susceptibility to infectious stuff. They have high cholesterol. They're depressed. They can't lose weight, yet their tests come back, quote unquote, normal. So there's two problems here. One is the definition of normal within mainstream medicine. And number two is, what is it besides TSH? What is it besides the blood measures that help to define whether someone is hypothyroid and should be having things addressed? So let's revisit. We've talked about this in other podcast episodes the downfall of conventional medicine, which tests the TSH, and if it comes back as normal, then the person is not hypothyroid, which falls into the fallacy of, is TSH really the way that we measure this? And as far back as 2006, the Endocrinology Association was recommending that we drop the upper limit of normal TSH from 4.5 to 5-ish, down to 2.6, so that we can capture more of these people within the hypothyroid realm. But that's not even enough. When that TSH is high, they test the T4, whether it's free T4 or total T4, and then prescribe synthetic T4. What's wrong with this picture? Go back and listen to some of the previous episodes to find out more about how this misses intracellular hypothyroidism. This misses those folks who are exhibiting all the symptoms because the thyroid hormone inside the cells is not acting appropriately. It doesn't matter what's in the blood. What matters is what reaches the cells, in particular what reaches the nucleus of the cells. And we'll talk about that in a lot more detail in another episode on thyroid receptor resistance. You know, again, going back to the medical convention, if the T4 is low, they suspect graves, they'll do a scan. And if that comes back abnormal, irradiate the thyroid, remove the thyroid, and then put somebody on T4 for the rest of their life, because now they've created a clinical hypothyroid condition. This is wrong. These poor people are falling through the cracks. So on today's episode, we're going to talk more about the insulin resistance connection. And here's the deal. 92% of the population is estimated to be in the realm of metabolically unwell, which means their insulin levels are too high, their blood sugar levels are too high, and they're having the dangers and the damages of all that before they become diagnosed as diabetic. And this is the population that we can serve, that we can help so much. So what's overlooked is How does thyroid hormone interact with other hormones? What's happening on an intracellular level, not just what's happening in the blood? And we can't really test what's happening in the intracellular level. There's no test to go inside the cell and measure the levels of really free T3. We have to rely on symptomatology. This is super important. And the other thing that's overlooked is receptors. How well are the receptors inside on the nucleus level of every cell? pulling that thyroid hormone in, and then acting on the metabolic rate of the cell based on that. So let's talk specifically about the insulin effect on thyroid. So high levels of insulin are not tested within Western medicine. Doctors are generally taught you don't test insulin on somebody unless they're diabetic and they're starting to show failure to respond to therapies failure to respond to say metformin failure to respond to dietary changes and so it's like oh this person has maybe too low an insulin level that's what they're usually looking for and maybe we need to put them on insulin that's when we pull out the old you know syringe and pull out the blood and test insulin but i believe that every single person should have a baseline insulin level tested Early in life, you know, even when they're 18, 20 years old and they get their first health insurance exam, that's when insulin should be tested because we're not looking for low levels of insulin. We're looking for too high. And classically, we can see that people are in hyperinsulinemia state for up to 30 years, 30 years before the development of type 2 diabetes. So how many of our patients that we're seeing have too high a level of insulin in their blood, and nobody's testing for it? So high levels of insulin have a major impact on thyroid function. Number one, insulin triggers increased TSH. So someone may have an increase in TSH that isn't really necessarily related to the response of the thyroid gland. Insulin impacts the thyroid receptor function, so it doesn't allow the thyroid hormone to get into the cell's nucleus to perform its duties. Increases in insulin can cause a decrease in DHEA. DHEA is produced by the adrenal glands, and it can inhibit thyroid function if too low. Insulin resistance stimulates cortisol. And cortisol impacts the T4 to T3 conversion and the sensitivity of the receptors. So you see there's so much play that goes in here, so much interaction between insulin and thyroid. Insulin resistance triggers inflammation. And inflammation affects thyroid receptor function, cytokines that get produced not just by high levels of cortisol, but by inflammation for other reasons in the body. Finally, insulin damages the mitochondria, and we need the mitochondria to be producing plenty of ATP so that we can get the thyroid functioning properly. The cells can't function properly without ATP. And if we don't have good ATP function, we don't have good thyroid function within the cells. So these are just the ones that are documented, and there's probably others. This is important to be looking at in your people who have been to the doctor with a list, a laundry list of hypothyroid symptoms. And they're told, honey, you're fine. Just take this antidepressant. Take this laxative. Put this stuff on your skin to make it not so dry. Ah, This stuff drives me nuts. These poor people are the most overlooked population. Because they have all the symptoms, but their lab tests show up normal in many cases. Now, in some cases, because we said the effects of the T4 to T3 conversion and the effects on the TSH, we may see some abnormals. And then they may be treated with thyroid, but they're not responding. They'll tell you, I've been on thyroid medication for 15 years, and every year I go back and they raise it, and I still feel like crap. Yeah, a little got a little bit better at the beginning, but I'm not feeling better. This is the underserved population that you could help. So, you need to start looking for all of your thyroid people, all of the people that are showing up with symptoms of thyroid, of hypothyroidism, but the lab tests aren't reflecting it, at least the ones that conventional medicine is looking for. You need to be looking to see if they have insulin resistance or what I like to call pre insulin resistance. In my insulin resistance practitioner training, I teach practitioners how to identify this. And we talk about pre-insulin resistance as that stage before the clinical diagnosis of insulin resistance, which usually requires that the blood sugar fasting goes over 100 and that the hemoglobin A1C is like in the 5.7 or above range. But that's not the only people that need to be talking about this. And those signs are late stage. We really need to be going back and measuring insulin in these people real early on and postprandial glucose. Postprandial glucose is an early sign of insulin resistance. And when we can test people and see what's their peak glucose level after a meal to see if they're in this state of pre-insulin resistance, that's when we're gonna have good results with people who are suffering from thyroid related to the insulin resistance. So let's talk about how thyroid affects insulin. You'll see it's kind of a vicious cycle. So when the thyroid function is low, what we see is a decreased rate of uptake of glucose by the cells. What does that mean? If we have a decreased rate of uptake of glucose into the cells, it means you're going to be experiencing hyperglycemia, high levels of glucose in the blood. That's a problem. So we need to be helping people to get their thyroid back in balance, but the only way we do that is to get their insulin in balance. So it's a double-edged sword. It's kind of that vicious cycle, and we have to work on both of them. Don't just work on one. You've got to work on both. We also see a decreased rate of glucose absorption in the gut when somebody's suffering from low thyroid function. We also see that sluggish response of insulin to elevated glucose. It's like the glucose goes up, the pancreas produces more insulin, but the insulin can't keep up, and the glucose keeps going up, and then the insulin keeps going up, furthering the damage to the thyroid and a lot of the other tissues, plus that slower clearance of not just glucose from the blood, but insulin from the blood. So these people who are showing up with hypothyroid symptoms are also showing up with elevated glucose, and elevated insulin, and all the problems and dangers that that foretells. And the other thing is that both sides of the coin with thyroid can lead to insulin resistance, both hyper and hypo. So you can see that this is a super important problem to be addressing, that if you're not addressing insulin resistance, looking for pre-insulin resistance or at least signs of this and elevated insulin in the blood in all people who show up, especially those showing up with signs of thyroid imbalance, you're missing out and these people are falling through the cracks. So on our next episode, we're going to go into detail about thyroid receptor resistance. And this is something that we all need to pay attention to. And when you pay attention to insulin resistance, hyperinsulinemia, and you pay attention to thyroid resistance, you're going to help people get well who have been trying for years, if not decades. I had a person who showed up because her glucose levels were high. They never tested her insulin, but her glucose levels were starting to inch up. She was close to diabetic. She was in the pre-diabetic stage and they said, come back in six months, we'll put you on medication if you're diabetic. And she said, no, that's unacceptable. So she worked with me in our insulin resistance balancing program for the consumers and voila, she got her glucose levels in range. Not only that, she had been on thyroid medication for 52 years at that point. 52 years, told that she had Hashimoto's, and within four months, all her thyroid went away. 50 years of thyroid supplementation normalized. 50 years of thyroid imbalance normalized within four months of getting her insulin resistance under control. And she didn't even realize she had insulin resistance until she had that one exam. And they said, huh, your glucose is going up. So we have the power to help these people. These people are suffering. They're sent away with multiple prescriptions, not the right ones. They're sent away with thyroid prescriptions if they show up within the abnormals. And it's not helping. Because we're not addressing the root, which in some cases is insulin and insulin resistance. Elevated insulin, hyperinsulinemia, and insulin resistance. So please, as a functional health practitioner, or even if you're a conventional health practitioner and you're going, huh, I never learned this in medical school. Do the research. We'll put some research references on the page. This is critical. And when you learn... The power of helping people to get their blood sugar under control, to get them to normalize before they become diabetic, you're going to see major improvements in people with abnormal thyroid function. And you'll be the hero in their life. When they get on a call with you, like some of these people do with me, and they say, you're a miracle worker. You're the person that my family calls the miracle worker because you gave me back my life. What did I do? I just balance, the things that were out of balance. That's why I do this podcast, because I want to help you to be able to do that for people. Too many people are suffering, especially in this thyroid insulin realm, and you can do something about it. So step out there, educate people about the role of insulin in their thyroid problems. Educate them about the diet and the lifestyle and everything that they can do to turn it around. Check out my other podcast episodes. There's a whole series of them on metabolic disturbance and insulin resistance. You can be that miracle worker in their lives. If you want more resources, more access, I have a little guide that I put together. It's at reinventhealthcare.com forward slash thyroid. And it has some charts and it has some resources for you. You have the power to educate and help people to harness the power of their healer within. So study, learn, and always be a resource to these people. If you are looking to really upscale your clinical skills so that you're not going to miss any of this stuff, go to www.inemethod.com and find out more about how you can get involved in our healthcare community. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to Reinvent Healthcare. We are part of the movement to change healthcare for the better. If you liked this episode, leave a rating and a review. And for more resources to support you in growing a thriving and fulfilling practice, visit our website at inemethod.com.